Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want to talk to you this morning about what a friend we have in Jesus and from the foundation of God's love for you. I think we wrestle somehow with the concept when we hear Jesus wants to be your friend because in our minds we say, but He's my Lord, He's my Saviour, He's my God, He's my King. How can He be my friend as well? Because friends are something different. Friends hang out, friends chill, friends share secrets, friends talk. Yes, He's both your Saviour, your trusted Saviour. He's your resurrected Lord who redeemed you from sin and hell. He's your glorified King, but He also is your trusted friend, the one who sticks closer than a brother, the one who will walk you through every trial and tribulation, the one who understands you like nobody else understands you. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I think somehow religion portrayed Jesus as at times He loves me and at times He doesn't. Well, you better get the right flower because my flower always told me what I wanted to hear. I picked the flower until it said, she loves me. I never ended on, she loves me not. And I want to say to you this morning, He loves you. Why? Because He is God and God is love and He cannot deny Himself. And the minute we lose a focus of that, this Gospel is about a friendship relationship with God. And when I talk about being a friend of Jesus, in no way do I diminish the glory of Christ and what Jesus did for you. As a matter of fact, Jesus came into this world and He broke all the rules of religion. And He taught us we can be friends. And He would use the word friend because as human beings, we should understand what a friend is. Oh, I know we don't because at school, besties for life and it's that bestie who hurt you. At school, you had a covenant brother. We did stupid things like that. We also cut ourselves and made covenant with blood when we were unsaved, etc. And those friends are no more. And I thank God for friends that stick with you through thick and thin because we all need them. But we also need an understanding of this aspect of the relationship we are called to. And that is, we are called into friendship with God. As a matter of fact, it's a very, very central theme of the Gospel from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So I want to talk about friendship with Jesus and I want to talk because when you listen to people, sometimes they portray God as this harsh, angry, judgmental God. And if you're okay, God's okay with you. And if you're not okay, God's not okay with you. And I'm by no means saying live a life of sin. But I'll tell you, there is only one power that will break sin over your life and that is experiencing the unconditional love of God and experiencing a God who demonstrated the love that He has for you 2,000 years ago as an act of ultimate friendship, sacrificial love. But we were taught Christianity is a book of rules and regulations and we somehow still struggle with the concept of this God who is invisible, a Saviour who died for us. So when we talk about intimacy and walking with God and friendship with God, 
we somehow stumble at the concept. So I pray to God that you begin to understand that God's plan for you is to be His friend and that God wants to reveal the deep secrets to you. God wants to have a chat with you. God wants to talk to you. I say this because when I started out, it was all monologue and not dialogue. All it was, was I would go into my prayer room and I would bombard God. I think God would sit up there and think, okay, boy, can I also say something? Because we were taught, Pastor Chris, amen. Uh, remember the hour of prayer and you had your 12, uh, five-minute segments. You come in and first you confess your sin and then you praise God and it's like, watch the clock, amen. Because Jesus said, watch and pray. Could you not watch for an hour? So you watch five minutes and then you almost do your aerobic session. Uh, uh, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, now I have to confess my sin. Father, forgive me. And I was praying one day. I said, Lord, forgive me. Want ek het geleer in Afrikaans. Elke aand gebid. Jere, vergeef my genade. Ek al my sondes my naam sond wil. En ek bid weer en ek sê, Jere, vergeef my. En hy sê, vir wat? Now, I'm not saying I'm sinless, but there was nothing that I had to confess. The Bible says, if we sin, we have an advocate. So we cannot enter God's presence sin conscious. We have to enter God's presence righteousness conscious and as sons and daughters of the living God. That's why the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace. And I said it last week, uh, the amazing thing about children growing up is as they mature, they become your friends. And it's a two-way relationship, amen, where they don't just take, they actually give back. I think when they're 40, they, they do that, right? <laughs> uh, my kids are all at the, uh, 30 and above, almost 30 and above, except for Chanel. So um, let's see how nice you hang out over the holiday, okay? With you boring. And I'm definitely not sitting with all your kids. Thank you. I'm not like the other people where you dump the grandkids on. I'm not like that. You want to come hang out with me? I'm not a, a nanny. I raised my own kids. Am I going to raise my children's kids? Raise your own kids. You made them. It's now my day to enjoy my life without the harassment of... (laughs) I'll meet you in the restaurant. Amen. No, okay. Here we go. So, uh... Proverbs 17, 7, the Bible says, A friend loves at all times. Everybody say at all times. And a brother is born for adversity when you go through a tough time. People leave you in the tough times, don't they? People leave you when the money runs out, don't they? People leave you through the hardships in life, don't they? But not Jesus. He's the one that is born for adversity, that will walk you through adversity. Proverbs 18, 24, the Bible says, there is a man that sticks closer than a brother. C.S. Lewis writes, we live, in fact, in a world starved for solitude, for silence, especially with social media and privacy, and therefore starved for true friendship. What did um, this COVID pandemic do? And what is social media doing? It's isolating people into a world where they draw in themselves and they play online computer games and they talk through social media and they don't even know who's on the other side. We are called to be relational. As a matter of fact, God lives in communion. 
Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. When He created Adam, it was for communion. That's why church can never be on- online and Christianity can never be online as little as your marriage can be online. Amen. Your wife's not going to fall pregnant online because then it wasn't you, my brother. <clears throat> That's not a miracle. That's a problem. (laughs) Proverbs, now somebody's concerned. Forget it. Proverbs 15 verse 12, the Bible says, so this is my command. Listen to what Jesus says, okay? Love each other deeply as much as I've loved you. For the greatest love of all is the love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. We live in a world where people take and people have forgotten what it is to give. When I talk to young couples about marriage, I always ask them, why do you want to marry her? The brothers will always say, because I need a wife to cook for me and I need a wife to do this for me and I need a wife to do that for me. And I say, wrong choice, wrong understanding. You choose the woman that you can love for the rest of your life. And you choose the woman that you can give yourself to for the rest of your life. You choose the woman that you can take care of for the rest of your life. So you you, you choose the person that you can give yourself to, not the person you can take from. So this relationship we have with God is, He gave all to us and somehow, maybe through wrong preaching or hearts that are not set right, We then make it all about ourselves and we forget that this love is two-way. He loved us sacrificially and we should love Him back sacrificially. He gave Himself to demonstrate His love so that every time we view the cross, we understand that it's a deep act of sacrifice and affectionate love demonstrated by our Saviour to us. His dearest friends, as He calls us, as you will see in a moment. So that when we see that, we understand what friendship is all about. Not just, praise God, I made it to heaven. No, it demonstrates that He desires to have this intimate relationship with you and He wants to reveal the future to you. And then He doesn't only talk about it, He actually actions his love and demonstrates the love that He has for you when you least deserved it. And He brings you into the inner circle as a friend of God. Yes, Saviour, my trusted Saviour. Yes, Lord, my Kurios. Yes, King, my exalted King. The one I obey, the one I follow, the one I worship, the one I serve, but also my truest, dearest, purest friend. And when we lose sight of this, then this Christianity becomes a religion because then we become like I was. We pray, but there's no connection. And then we become desperate. We become like people grasping for answers and we run from prophet to prophet for a word. Well, we have a friend. And I'll show you that all we have to do is have a conversation. He's a friend that wants to talk, but he's a friend that invites us again and again Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden. Are you burned down on religion? Then take a break with me. 
or again and again, He urges us to that close space that is reserved for true friends. It's up for grabs. You can decide how close you walk with Him. So He says, And this great love is demonstrated when a man sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you're my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. And we know what those two commandments are. Love God, love your neighbour. I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And a servant doesn't always understand what the master is doing. How many people are just, what's God up to? I spoke to somebody about this COVID pandemic, a religious leader, and I was actually shocked to say um, that the person said, well, God used this COVID pandemic to show who truly serve God and those who don't serve Him. Well, God doesn't use the devil. He's not in partnership with the devil. And I believe that churches are struggling. And as he said, um, he heads up a denomination. He says, our churches have run empty. People are no longer coming back to church. And I am very outspoken to pastors about this. I said, it's because pastors never displayed the courage to stand up and stand against this government, against the closure of churches. That's why the sheep scattered because the sheep scatter when the, hire, when the wolf comes and the hireling flees. If the church stood like this, people would not be backslidden. People, prodigals would not be backslidden. So we cannot blame the people. We have to talk to the shepherds and say, we never took a stand for God when it mattered. And now we have to recover many scattered and lost sheep that now have slechte gewoontes. But to say, that this has exposed the true Christian and the false Christian, excuse me. That's why church is so essential. We had to fight that for three months for our government to register. Church is, or pastors are essential as a service. And I hear, I don't care what these people do when I speak truth, the rumors again of the COVID and plans, uh, etc. Not to put fear upon you, but these people are not done with us in our world with every agenda they are pushing. They will not be happy until they collapse the middle class and until they establish a new world order. That's just a fact. The goals they never accomplished during COVID, they will not stop until they accomplish their evil goals where there will be a new class established with more people impoverished than ever. That's why I say to pastors, you can't just sit in your church and sing kubaya. You have to understand the time and you have to rise up and you have to realize Satan wants to destroy Christianity on the face of the earth so that evil can prevail. Come on, say amen if you believe it because it's the truth. I have meetings with people, Pastor Chris is there to convince people to speak against this agenda of uh, throwing uh, children together in the same toilets. What do you think is going to be a result of that? And it, it's the prelude to sexism. They don't make you understand childism, I mean. And people are not informed. Actually, they refuse to be informed. It's like they think, okay, I'm just going to look the other way and these things are going to go away. Childism is when a child has the same right as an adult. Childism is when a child can decide I can do what I want, when I want, and the parent has no authority. That's where we're heading. If we don't stop this evil tide now. 
I have to throw it in there because I'm talking to millions of people in South Africa. I'll throw it in there because somebody's listening and somebody's getting mad and maybe YouTube will block me again. God bless you in any case. But it has to be said because people are asleep. You have to get involved in your school. You have to sign the petition in your school. You have to stand against this evil that's trying to come and take the identity away from children. You have to become proactive and go beyond saying a little prayer. Oh, come on, give the Lord a bit of praise than that in Jesus' name. Het is alsof allemaal weet wat aangaan, maar niemand wil niks doen nie. Ek kan het nie verstaan nie, soos een sleier, a veil, that's over people's minds. And I say that because Jesus said, if you walk with Him, you're going to see things as they are. Uh, uh, he's servant. And He calls us all a prophetic generation. Amen. Not playing catch up, but understanding what's happening. Discerning the time, having a world view as a Christian, understanding Satan's agenda now in the earth and your role that you have to play as an educator. We still have time. We still have time, but you cannot be asleep. You have to draw up those petitions because when you're away on holiday, they're going to deliberate it, gazette it, and when you come back, it's done. So Christians, South Africa, watching me on One Gospel, yes. Those of you I meet wherever I travel, hundreds of thousands of you, wake up, rise up, show petitions, write those petitions, sign those petitions, stop those unisex toilets, stop the cancellation of identity, stop it, stop it. I mean, toilets for girls are a safe place. I'm not a girl, but I know it. It's where they go have their conversation. Now it's going to be filled with boys. I'll slap that boy myself. Okay. Sorry. Just has to be said because I have an hour to say something that has to be said. Okay. We're not going to get confused about who's a boy and who's a girl. Nou is jylle baie stil. Is dit omdat die Amerikaners ons geld geen omdat hulle nonsens glo? Any guys, let me preach. Um, you know, I get up here and I think, I am not going to say anything. And then it just comes out. It's like, just give me a teddy bear again, okay? Because I think that's the Christianity you want. Soft, cuddly, teddy bear Christianity. And when you see again, your children have no faith and no Christianity, because you want this soft, mollycoddled, comfortable, huggy-huggy, blessy-blessy Christianity, which is as useless as spit, changes nothing. Um, he says, I never called you servants. Because a master doesn't confide in servants and servants don't always understand what the master's doing. I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my Father. I reveal to you everything I've heard from my Father. That's huge. You know what a friend does? A friend tells you, I heard this, but I may not say it, but here it is in any case. (laughs) 
Only thing Jesus cannot tell you is when He's coming back. And why do you think the Father hasn't told Him? Because the Bible says not even the Son of Man knows the hour He's coming back. Why do you think? Because of the Scripture. Because if Jesus knew when He was coming back, He was going to tell you. Because He said, everything I hear from the Father, I'm going to tell you. So the Bible says, the Son of Man does not know the hour that He returns. So if somebody said, Jesus appeared to me and He told me He's coming back next year, that's a lie because He doesn't know when He's coming. He knows He is coming, but He doesn't know when He's coming. Because if He knew when He's coming, He's going to warn you. He's going to appear to you because He loves you that much. He doesn't want you to perish. He doesn't want you to go to hell. So He's going to do everything in His power to say, hey, I'm coming back tomorrow. Stop this nonsense. Stop that nonsense. Stop that nonsense. He's going to show you everything about your life and the future. Oh, what an amazing Saviour we have. Come on, give Him a praise. Hallelujah. I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. Think about this, uneducated, untrained, unqualified disciples. He says, I will reveal everything. You didn't choose me, by the way. I've chosen you. I've chosen you into this relationship. So he's a friend that loves at all times. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a friend who's there in time of need, trial, distress, trouble. He's a friend who gets it. He's a friend who gets you. He's a friend who understands you. He's a friend that will not turn his back on you. He's a friend that will comfort you because he went through this life's experience, faced every trial, test, tribulation, emotionally, spiritually, physically without sin. When he hung on the cross, he became sin. He didn't have a few sins. He became sin and he faced the wrath and the judgment of God because that's what the cross represents, the wrath of God, the outpouring of God's anger and God's judgment for sin is poured upon Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And this Scripture we are reading, oh, come on, man. This Scripture we are reading is the night before the betrayal of Jesus and He's preparing them for what is about to come. And He has that kind of a conversation. He doesn't say go pray 50 hours a day, etc. He comforts them and they don't know what's gonna happen. And He says, I call you my deepest friends. You're gonna be okay. And I wanna say that to all of you. You're gonna be okay because of Jesus Christ. You're gonna walk through your valley because of Jesus Christ. You are gonna come out of your depression and He's gonna lift you out of that depression because He's a friend that's not gonna leave you where you are. You're in a pit, He's gonna climb in the pit and He's gonna lift you out of the pit. Come on, you're in a prison, He's gonna climb into the prison and bust that prison door open. You're in a fire, He's gonna climb in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and He's gonna protect you in the fire. And you are gonna come out of the fire because of your friend, the fourth man that sticks closer than a brother. Sticks closer than a brother. He's got your back, man, He's got your back. He's got your back. Talk to Him. When you're down, talk to Him. When you're struggling with something, talk to Him. He knows it in any case, by the way. He's not surprised. I told my kids always, I'm not gonna fall off my chair if you tell me you did something. Tell me, then I can help you. God is not gonna fall off the throne when you tell Him what you've done. He knows it. (laughs) But the only way that you're gonna get through whatever you are, you have to talk to Him. And I wanna say talk to Him. You have to talk to Him who's... Who, who, who said, I will not leave you comfortless, I send the Holy Spirit. The Comforter, Parakletos, help, a strength and a standby. The one in my place, a friend, so he's here with me. 
as my strengthener, as my comforter, as my helper, as my guide, as my intercessor, as my teacher, the Holy Spirit, one just like me, I send Him. What a friend I have in Jesus. What a friend I have in Jesus. When I take my eyes off Him, I begin to look at my problems. When I take my eyes off of Him, I'm overwhelmed by the storms of life and I become fearful and I begin to sink. But He says, I'm there. His last departing words before He said, go into all the world. He says, no, after He said that, actually Matthew 20, He said, and lo, I am with you to the end of time. As what? As your friend. I doch. I min my. Hij min my nie. Hij min my. Hij min my nie. Hij min my. Hij min my. Hij min my. Hij min my. Nie min Johnny. Hij min my. Hij min my. En hierdie was ek hier blees breedjes nie. As ek roos gehad, het ek vir jou gesing. Hij min my. Dit beteken, He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. You have to get it in your mind. Now stop listening to angry people that makes God's love conditional. God loves you endlessly. God's love is um, unquestionable. God loves you in spite of you. God loves you because of you. And that love is what's going to change you. That love never leaves you where it finds you. So we get concerned and we want to fix people because we think God's not doing a great job, right? And after you fixed yourself, who are you now? Judgmental, self-righteous? Because you fixed yourself outside of God's grace? So He says His final words to those disciples, He says, so this is my parting comment. Love one another deeply. In other words, love one another as I love you. Sacrificially, selflessly, unselfishly. Love as friends. Stand with, not against. Protect. So what a friend we have in Jesus. More than our Saviour, which He is. More than a King, which He is. More than our Lord, which He is. More than our Messiah, who He is. All those are true, but He expresses, I'm going to be your dearest friend. And this is my desire for each and every one of you. He wants us to view the cross as an affection-filled sacrifice for you and me as His dearest friends. Not just, God saved me, but because I loved you. And that's what He says in John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down His life for His friends. And that's what Jesus did. And this is the final conversation He has before He's arrested the next day. They think He's having a casual conversation, but He says, you've served me, but I'm not calling you servants. You've done well, but I'm not calling you servants. I call you friends because a friend will know the Father's will. And everything the Father tells me, I'm going to tell you. You think Jesus doesn't know what the future holds? You think Jesus doesn't know what your tomorrow holds? That's why He said in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. In me you can have peace. You can have peace in Him. In the knowledge that He's there, that He's with you, that He's real. Not religiously real. I want to make that very clear. Because for many people, God is a concept. They think there's a relationship but it's a formula and you can see how they lose their joy. And especially when they talk about other people, their conversation is not filled with grace and mercy and kindness and love. Their conversation is filled with judgment and condemnation and condition. Not Jesus. He says, I never came to this world to condemn, but to save. What was one of the 
biggest criticisms against Jesus when he started his ministry. Remember, he's a rabbi, he's 30, he's qualified, the right age. He studies the Scriptures from the age of 12. And at the age of 30, that's when he was allowed to operate as a rabbi legally. He operates under the law. He fulfills the law, but he does more than that. He brings a new dispensation, a new order, a dispensation of grace and truth because the law points to a Saviour. And Jesus demonstrates who that Saviour is. And He doesn't come the way that the Jews expected or anybody else expected. He comes not as a king. (laughs) He is a king, yes. A star is born, yes. The Saviour of the world is born, yes. The announcement was spectacular, like our play will be tonight. There's a choir in heaven if you want to talk about a God that's dramatic, it's our God. He's the most dramatic person in the universe. I love it, because when He talks, a whole mountain shakes, amen. And when Jesus is born, He puts a star in the heaven and He also sends a whole choir to announce, peace on earth. (laughs) Goodwill toward all mankind. And the people never got it. The religious people never got it because they loved the old dispensation. They did not like the new dispensation which is one of grace and mercy and love and kindness. And Jesus comes and what does He do? He befriends sinners. Nochal. Nochal, was die daar. Ek was a tiener en in a kerk gewees en een van die meisies in ons groep het verwachtend geraak, wat nou nie moet gebeur het nie. En die sondag, toe moet sy nou opstaan, en hy hele familie moet opstaan, en hy word onder sensier geplaas, want die kind het gesondig, nou is die ouwers onder sensier, amal is onder sensier. Wat ons die twak gekry? When that's the time that that girl needs love, when that's the time when that family needs support, because the mistake has been committed. But now we shame those people. So the Pharisees were good at naming and shaming. Jesus comes, please listen to me. Because if you understand how much He loves sinners, you will understand how much He loves you who are now His family. If He loved you so much before you were born again, think how much He loves you now. Do you think that His unconditional love has stopped now that you are born again? And now suddenly the flower is back. He loves me, He loves me not. He loves me, He loves me not. I'm okay with God, I'm not okay with God. Now listen, a lifestyle of sin can never fly because sin kills the soul. That means you will lose your joy, your peace. You will become restless, you'll be unhappy. So sin will not do it for you because the wages of sin is death. But to focus on sin is not gonna get you out of sin. We have to get you to focus on the one who saved you from sin. And when you get closer to Jesus, then sin will lose its attraction and sin will lose its hold and sin will lose its power. Come on, say Amen and shout Hallelujah. Because religion could not change people, but here comes Jesus. And He comes as a friend. A friend of sinners and His disciples. He says, I call you my most trusted, intimate friends. That's you and me. In Romans 5 verse 6 to 9, the Bible says, For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate the love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. So if you couldn't save yourself then, 
You can't save yourself now. Say Amen. Now, would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand it. If someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And there is still much more to say or it's for His unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give Him praise and give Him thanks this morning. Oh, come on, if you are saved and you are washed in the blood, this is the time to give Him praise because He faced the wrath of God, the anger of God, the judgment of God in your stead because of His great love. He laid His life down for you to demonstrate the love He has for you. He submitted Himself for me to face God's wrath and judgment. He did it because He views me as His treasured friend. Friendship with Jesus, hear me, is the deepest calling for every believer. Jonathan Edward urges us to let it be our greatest desire to enter into an everlasting friendship with Christ that shall never be broken. My best friend, love him more than anybody else and not allow anybody to mess up that relationship I have with Jesus. Not just Jesus somewhere in the schedule. Jesus, my best friend. So he comes and he demonstrates that He loves you, that He's kind, that He's merciful. And I want to say to everybody on television this morning, right where you are this morning, you may be going through a difficult time and you may go through a lonely time. But why don't you just lift your hands this morning and just ask Jesus to come and fill your place with His presence. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give them a big God bless, bless you. Come on, CRC, we host this. So the Gospel calls us to trust Jesus as our Saviour, to submit and to worship Him as our King and to walk with Him as our friend. You get that? I trust Him for my deliverance, for my salvation. I honour Him, I worship Him, I adore Him, I obey Him as my King. But I walk with Him as my friend. Throughout the Old Testament we see that in, in the Garden of Eden, even after Adam and Eve sin, people say sin separates people from God. Well, Adam comes and after he fell and Eve fell and who caused who to fall, that's a whole debate, amen. Because man was okay until she came. I know, I mean, don't invite me to the women's conference. <laughs> Actually not, he was incomplete. God says it's not good for man to be alone. But then his wife sat on his head. So, <laughs> almost as I tell the joke, which would not—it's not, it's not a, 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 a unkind joke—but I think it's not a joke everybody's going to appreciate. So, let me leave it. How many of you want to hear? Yeah, your curiosity. Curiosity feeds the cat, right? No, bring your bear, bear, bear. Focus on the bear. Amen. So, so Jesus gathers His disciples and He makes these statements. 
and He chooses us as friends. He died for us as friends. He sent the Holy Spirit to us because of friendship. He calls us to trust Him as our deepest and dearest friend. And He will remain our friend. He will remain our friend even if everybody else leaves us. In the Old Testament, God walks with Adam in the cool of the day. Even after he sinned, he came to him. He said, Adam, where are you? It was God's way of walking with Adam. Abram, 430 years before the law, before Sodom and Gomorrah. You can read that. We don't have the time. Genesis 18. God comes to visit Abram. God in the Old Testament. And Abram makes food for him and they have a great meal. And then God talks about Sarah. Sarah laughs and we all know the conversation that God has with Abram about Sarah that's laughing in unbelief about Isaac that is about to be born. And then God, the pre-incarnate Christ, Jesus in the Old Testament and um, two angels that come with him, possibly Michael and Gabriel. I don't know because they can take on the form of men. They leave and Abram walks with them. And then the three of them have a conversation. They say, will we hide from Abram what I'm about to do? Because he's my friend. I know him. And he's going to order his children in the ways of God. So he turns around and he talks to Abram. Abram says, okay, now watch the conversation under the old, or before the old covenant that Abram has with God. He says, surely God, you will not cause the righteous to perish with the wicked. And a conversation starts. And we know the whole conversation that friends do. They negotiate because there's a relationship. We all have heard it's not what you know, it's who you know that gets things done in your life. It's the right person. Well, you know the right person. Yeah, Abraham has a conversation with God and he says, okay, God, 50. God says, for 50, I will not destroy it. He says, okay, 45, 45, 40, 40, 20, 20. He says, okay, I'm just gonna ask you one more time as a friend. Cause Abram is known as the friend of God. He's known as the father of faith, but he's also known as the friend of God. And he says, okay, Lord, I've now taken it upon myself to talk to you only one more time. If there's 10 righteous found in Sodom and Gomorrah, God says, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. And we know there were not 10 that were found. But then the Bible says, after they spoke, God turned and went His way. And Abram turned and went His way. So that's before the law. Garden of Eden, before the law, under the old covenant, Moses, when he goes into the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud descends and God comes to have communion, fellowship. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 33, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Old covenant, God's intention, clear. And I have to stop there. What a friend we have in Jesus. Come on, family, as we just remain there. No one walking around. Come on, as every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. Come on, pastor spoke about the importance of Jesus wanting to be your friend. And God is saying to you today that no, whatever sin you committed, there's no big sin or small sin that can separate you from the love of God. Because sin is sin for God, but He loves you past whatever you think is big and small. So maybe you, you messed up so much yesterday that you're standing in this place and when pastor was preaching, you felt the peace of God coming upon you and you felt there was something different, but God is asking you to respond. So as every head is bowed and every eye closed, believers praying in this place. Maybe you're standing here and you're saying, if something had to happen to me, I am not sure that I will be standing before God knowing that I'll enter 
and have eternal life with Him. But maybe you used to serve Him and for whatever reasons you've grown cold. Circumstances have maybe taken you away and you've drifted. But God is saying to you today, come back. This whole service was for this one, for, for this one moment that God wants to come and be your friend. He wants to be your Lord and your Saviour. See, if that is you, or you're not sure that you used to serve God, but you're not sure if you're going to heaven, we want to make sure. We want to give you that opportunity as well. See, if that is you, quietly wherever you are, in a moment we're going to ask you just to lift up your hand as a sign to say, please pray for me. As we're going to call it now, in the name of Jesus, one, two, three. If that is you, come on, lift your hand now. Come on, as hands being lifted all over this place. There's people on the flank, thank you. On the balcony, thank you. Here at the bottom, thank you. Come on, just lift your hand and say, God, I'm coming back. Come on, God is not waiting for you to fix your life. He wants to fix it. He wants to come and change it. He's waiting with open arms. Maybe you're that backslidden son that maybe ran away and you're not thinking that you could come back to the Father's house, but the Father's saying that He's standing with open arms. We're not asking you, do you belong to a church? Do you have a membership somewhere? But we ask you, do you know that you know that you have a relationship with Him? If you lifted up your hand, you can just quietly put it down. If you have not slipped it up now, slip it up now in Jesus' name. Come on, in every church that is watching, you're hearing my voice, you lift it up now. Come on, the hands are being lifted on the balcony, on the flank. Come here at the bottom. If that is you, just slip it up and say, Jesus, here I am. I come to you and I surrender. Come on, there's many of you standing in the front and it almost sounds impossible to think that God loves you more than all the stuff that you've done. But we're all a testament and a testimony of God's faithfulness in all of our lives. If each one of us have to tell our story to you, you will realize that maybe we've messed up more than you can ever imagine, but God still loved us. And God's gonna come and change your life forever. In a moment, we're gonna lead you in a prayer. And after we've led you in a prayer, we're gonna ask you to go into a small room that we would love to pray for you. Because there we would love to get your details. Because in this journey between now and heaven, there's a journey. And that journey, we will wanna walk with you. We wanna help you. We wanna walk through the stuff that you maybe went through and guide you accordingly and tell you who you now are in Christ. So if you can be so kind just to put your hand on your heart and just close your eyes. Come on, you're gonna focus on God and I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and as my Saviour. Lord, I believe that you died for my sins, that you rose again and that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father, for this brand new life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, amen, family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.